Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. Archie is eating a bone right now, and it's possible that he's going to interrupt to whine and moan because that's usually what he does after he eats. Sort of like me, sort of like Matt. Uh, so, Matt, uh, the big news is that our plans to have a, an Animal House podcast due to a slow week have been completely thrown yeah. out the window in the last 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, just, uh, you know, really just today did I think, well, we probably got enough sports to talk about. And that was before the Ole Miss news that came down about an hour ago. So this is going to be very college football focused. I know that you're all going to stay with us and listen anyway. Um, just for the witty banter alone, I think it's worth sticking around. But I don't right. want to mislead you. This is just going to be a college football in mid-July. So yeah, get used to it. Because this is this might be the signal of a lot of football centric discussions going throughout the rest of the calendar year. So first, uh, a big welcome back to Doug Haller at the Arizona Republic covering ASU football. He had been reassigned temporarily to the Phoenix Suns beat through the draft and through free agency's busy period. Yeah. I know free agency's still going, right. but. But now, officially this week, he's returned to covering ASU, which is where, as a fan, I think he belongs because he provides insight that no one else on the Republic staff has given us about ASU. Agreed. Agreed. It's nice to have him back. And, uh, you know, right off the bat, when he uh, went to uh, get a last team workout yesterday, we got one of those, you know, five things to observe from the Sun Devils last workout. And it hit exactly the type of thing that I've been missing which is just those little nuggets that he gives you um, that really somebody with the institutional knowledge of the program can give you. I mean, he led off right away with a whole thing about, you know, who's the guy, who, you know, who broke the rock and what that means to the team. And, you know, only somebody who's been covering the team for a while can tell that story. And he has. And so it's good to have it back uh, for, for a program that likes to guard its secrets pretty well, like most college programs nowadays. Um, you know, having him out there, he doesn't get everything by any means, but he gets a, a good amount of information that helps follow the team from afar. So let's start with the rock breaking. Sam Jones, the offensive lineman, a, a mostly starter for the last two seasons, was given the honor of breaking the rock, signifying the end of summer workouts and the start of the actual fall camp. Every Everyone who's broken a rock since the tradition started has been the de facto team leader. Very impressive that an offensive lineman gets the honor this year. And after last year where Graham did not name season-long captains, today we found out that he had named Jones, JoJo Wicker, and Kalen Balage as the three captains yeah. with the possibility of one more for all the games. Right, right, yeah. I mean, uh, you know... Uh, it's it's one of those things that um, to the outside I don't know how much it means and 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 it can mean a lot and it can mean not so much on a team uh, you know I've I've seen teams that have a lot of good senior players and they don't have much leadership um, I've seen teams that don't have very many seniors and they have great leadership so you know it's hard to say but uh, you know hopefully these guys will do well it's kind of the you know, the dawning of a new era in some ways with this new facility opening. And I know they, you know, today was the media tour for it. And, um, you know, hopefully it's a way to kind of flush away the last couple of years and, and feel good about where we're going now. A couple things of note with the captains. 
obviously Wicker's only a junior, um, and mm-hmm. they opted for him and not Tayshawn Smallwood, who I sort of assumed it would be, uh, right. to be quite honest. Well, and, and I think Jones is a junior too, isn't he? Jones is a junior. Bellage is the only senior on the right. list. And they picked Bellage over Richard, which I guess makes sense um, only from the outsider perspective where it seems like Richard is – that, well, they're both talented that Richard is more aloof as a player as opposed to Balazs. Um, and that's neither good nor bad. It's just it seems like Balazs is more of the intense football focused True. player. And Richard True. is more True. of a naturally gifted athlete, obviously, and a good running back. But almost feels like he could take it or leave it a little more than Balazs could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would agree there was some. Some concern, I think, last year they never really voiced it, but there was some times at the end of the year where it seemed like Demario Richard had kind of fallen out of favor, um, and, and we weren't sure. We still aren't sure if it was injury related, but there were times he, you know, he didn't play much in a game. He played some, but not much, and it was kind of weird. And so you wonder if that's part of it. Now I do uh, recall from that five observation story that um, Richard got some praise from the strength coach, I believe, for being one of the the standouts of the summer and that he's really worked hard. And, you know, those, those two guys are going to, going to be big in this offense. I mean, they, they have been the last couple of years and they're going well, the offense is going well, you know, and it's kind of a, a chicken and egg sort of thing. I mean, I don't know what, what causes it if they go well because the rest of the offense is good or vice versa. But we know when, when they're producing, it seems like the offense overall is producing and we're scoring points and having chances to win games. One of the things that's interesting is obviously no one from the special teams was named a captain. I thought that there would be a chance that Crump would be named a captain only because of his role as a gunner in addition to on the True. defense. True. Uh, and obviously he's getting a, an awful lot of attention this preseason on a couple watch lists. And, he is. You know, pretty much being trotted out as the face of ASU's defense despite the fact that Wicker – was the one who got to go to California right. and for media day and that he's also going to be the one who's the captain. It seems like a lot of the attention is going to be focused on Crump. And obviously he's got the measurables that are, you know, jump out of the gym on his yeah, vertical. Yeah. He's got a 40 time that's up there with the faster defensive backs on ASU's roster. Yep. 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 He was very productive last year for a defense that did not have very many bright spots at all. It's hard to come up with many. Uh, he's the one that I think you know you you can remember saying he was he was productive. Uh, if we had you know five or six more guys that were as productive as he was, we would have been in a lot better shape. I do think that one one of the interesting parts about this is it, obviously the summer workout and conditioning is not where you would see a lot of field goal reps, extra point reps, punting reps. Sure, but. No one said anything about any of the new special teams players. Now, obviously, Michael Sleep Dalton was on the team last year in a backup right. role, but it's it's effectively a brand new cast of characters. It is, it is, yeah, and it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, special teams are always one of those things, and it's cliche, but you know, you take it for granted until it's not any good. And and uh, you know, we've we've been through years where it's not been very good. In the last couple. You know, really three or four, we've been very fortunate that it's been good. Zane Gonzalez has been, you know, was a great kicker. Uh, Matt Hawk did a, a, a pretty consistent job as a punter. He had some moments not so great, but was pretty good. And, and you know, we'll 
we'll see how much we miss them. Um, you know, early on in the year, we'll see how reliable the new faces are. And is that something that we can rely on or is that something that we got to be concerned about all year? I have been outspoken in my criticism of special teams coach Sean Slocum, but yes. he has done a very good job at ASU. My my Packers era Slocum bias is <laughs> fading, not gone, not gone. And yeah. believe me, if there is any slip at all from Zane Gonzalez as a senior Groza Award winner to b- true freshman Brandon Ruiz at place kicker, yeah. I will put all of that squarely on Sean Slocum. <laughs> but I was going to say, there's... The odds are pretty good there's going to be some slip because, as you said, uh, you know, Groza Award winner says he's the best kicker in the country numbers-wise, uh, you know, for his career and season last year, he was one of the best. Um, so, you know, it's a it's a high standard to reach, but the kid does come with a lot of pedigree, and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll come in and, you know, kind of do what Thomas Weber did in his freshman year, which is, you know, light the world on fire and make 24 out of 25 field goals and win another Groza. Why not? I mean, we've had two Groza award winners since we went to ASU. That's we have. pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, I would, I prefer to have, you know, maybe two Doak Walker winners or David O'Brien or whatever. Sure. But you know, uh, having someone who's considered the best in the country at any position is still a pretty cool thing. I agree. Uh, the other big news that dropped from Doug Haller this week was uh, Todd Graham today gave a tour, a media tour of the new practice facilities. And on the tour, he took some questions. And one of them was about the quarterback battle. And he explicitly said that it's Manny Wilkins' job to lose. Now, he, had, he did then heap praise on Blake Barnett. Uh, and, yes. and also defended Brady White's toughness uh, with this foot injury that looks like it might be uh, cause for a medical redshirt this year. But yeah. I, I got to tell you, I'm surprised that Manny still leads and he didn't just call it an open competition. He made it clear that Blake Barnett's going to have to beat out Manny Wilkins to get this. Yeah, I, I'm a little surprised by it, too. Uh, you know, thinking about it, I, I guess I go back to you know, last year in the first four games after the Cal game, I, uh, I, we talked about it then that I felt like, you know, Manny had done enough to solidify the job. I, he wasn't on his way to the Hall of Fame, but he played pretty well. And then he got hurt, and, and he got rushed back from that injury. And so the rest of the year was kind of hard to evaluate with him because he came back too soon. He got hurt again. Uh, you know, he missed two whole games, parts of a couple others. Uh, you know, and so – Part of me thinks, well, okay, that's fair, um, you know, to say, hey, you you did well enough last year, went healthy. The other part of me thinks you win by Blake Barnett, and and so that said, you weren't totally satisfied with your quarterback position because if you were, you wouldn't have been out there seeking someone else. And so the cynical side of me thinks is this just kind of a a public message to try to you know light a little bit of a fire under Blake Barnett. I don't mean that negatively. But just more of a, hey, you're going to have to work hard to win this job. We're not going to hand it to you type of thing. Well, and that is something that is in the Todd Graham bag of tricks. Yes. Obviously, last year with Nikhil Harry, they kept talking about yes. how he looked sluggish and they weren't anointing him. And then week one, he was starting and it was clear that he sure. was just sure. physically dominant. Um, right, right. You know, and that was a little humbling. Um, and, and, you know, now you would think Blake Barnett maybe already comes in a little humbled from the experience at Alabama. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know his mentality, but obviously it didn't go as 
as planned there or he wouldn't be here. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing and, and it will be, uh, you know, the story, uh, the lead story throughout the, you know, fall camp and until we get to opening day and, and maybe even past that of, you know, where does he fit? Does he win this job? Uh, is he not as good as he was supposed to be? And, and, uh, you know, maybe we just find that he's, you know, nothing special and that Manny Wilkins is still the best option for us. Do you think there's any chance at all that Todd Graham tells us who the starting quarterback is before whatever his official radio appearance is the week of opening right. week? I mean, probably not based on history uh, that, that, you know, he's had now, you know, two seasons here out of five where the quarterback has kind of been a mystery. You know, obviously Kelly had the job going into 13 and 14. We all knew Burko was going to have the job in 15. And so the two years that he's had a quarterback debate, um, he's never said anything publicly, but it's become obvious by about midway through fall camp who was going to be. Last year, you know, you could read the tea leaves and it was going to be Manny. 2012, you could read the tea leaves that it was going to be Taylor Kelly. I think we were all shocked by it, but you could. And so it'll be one of those that, you know, let's see where we're at on August 15th and and what we're getting as far as reports and stuff like that. And I I think we'll know even if we don't know for sure because he confirms it. He probably won't, but I think by then we'll have a pretty good idea who it's going to be. I think it's interesting. So I'll play devil's advocate on the it's going to be Manny side. Uh, yeah. You you mentioned, you know, maybe they weren't that confident in Manny because they brought in Blake Barnett, but uh-huh. Chip Lindsay's the guy in the photo and Jay Norvell's the guy in the photo with True. Blake Barnett at his parents' house in California. There, there's no Billy Napier in that photo. Billy Napier's done the Blake Barnett dance. Now he was the wide yes, receivers coach, yes. not the offensive coordinator, but he's been there and he knows That's what. That's a good it, point. You know, if he thought yeah, that Blake was head and shoulders above Manny, I don't think he would. You know, I think he would at least alert Todd Graham. Hey, maybe don't. Yeah. You know, do that. That's a that's an interesting point because I think the, you know, the theory in my mind, I think the theory in a lot of people's minds is. Man, you know, this guy comes from Alabama and Blarnett was there and they've got experience working together, even though, as you said, receivers coach, but, you know, they've, they've, they've been in meetings together. That's going to be great. Well, you could be the opposite. could be that, you know, he came in and thought, well, you know, I've seen Blake Barnett in action and he's nothing special. You know, let's see what, what else we've got. And I hope that's not the case. I mean, obviously, I, you know, I want Blake Barnett to be as good as advertised coming out of high school and seize this job and take us to great places but it's possible that that is exactly the case yeah well and Blake Barnett I believe is the same graduation trajectory as Brady White and I think I think that is the point to um the point to emphasize and focus on is even if he loses this job there's still a question there to me and then obviously behind them you've got DSC who I think everyone agrees yeah. that we're not going to say he's redshirting, but we're just hoping he doesn't have to play this year and that we can just right. put the redshirt on him at the end. Right. Um, and then, obviously, you know, who knows what we're going to get out of Ryan Kelly in the near right. term. I, I think, you know, based on what Haller was writing, it seems like he's the, – the plan is to treat him like DSC yeah. was meant to be treated last year yeah. and just let him redshirt and let him learn the system. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean – uh, you know, you you uh, you start to wonder, obviously, because it looks like Brady White probably not available for the start of the year and maybe the whole year. 
you know, Todd Graham says he's not out for the year, but we know how this goes. When a guy's out at the start of the year, just be prepared that he never comes back that season because we've been down that road. Um, so counting on him is tough. And then you, you know, I mean, we saw it last year. You dip into those quarterback ranks fast sometimes. So those guys, they, they better be ready. But certainly the hope is you don't see either one of them on the field this year. And, and that, you know, by 2019-20, you know, that's when you're talking about those two guys and who's going to be the next guy. It really makes you appreciate how spoiled we were in the Taylor Kelly era. Um, it does. Because this is a lot like the year where it was three and Brock and Samson Zakachi and just, yes. you know. Don't know who it's going to be. Hope it's going to be the transfer, but then it turns out the transfer's not really the guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, um, we've we've been down the transfer road before, and and uh, you know, it didn't work for us that time. It, you know, uh, it, you know, it's it's always a crapshoot when it comes to those things. You know, is is a guy transferring because he just you know situation wasn't right? Uh, he got you know beat out by a great pair. You know, Jalen Hurts certainly had a great freshman season, and 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 you know maybe we'll look back and say, boy, he just you know he, he was really good. He just got beat out by somebody a little better, or was he not as good as he was supposed to be? And is that why he's available? Oftentimes that's the case, but you take a chance, and, yeah. and we took one on him. I mean, as we talked about, he could be Aikman, where he left. He, a, he yeah, left I an mean, elite that's... program, went to the Pac-10 at the time, and. Uh, and that wound up just the, being great. The, the hope. Exactly. You know, went on to be the number one pick, and he's he's uh, got a gold jacket now, you know. So, yeah, I mean, that that's high end. That would be as good as you could imagine, basically. And, uh, you know, I'd love for that to be the case. But, you know, there's – for every one by Aikman, there's probably dozens and dozens of transfers who – aren't Troy Aikman and aren't even close. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, time will tell what, what he's closer to. I, I would feel remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that Archie was fine. And then we started talking about Troy Aikman and now he's just going ballistic, making noise in the background. <laughs> but, I but I, I assume that's because he's a Packer loyalist and he assumes that Aikman and Buck are biased against our team because they hate Probably. every team. Um, Probably. You know, which means I feel like as a dog parent, I've raised him right. Yeah, I was going to say, a little bit of that, like, 92, 93, and 95 playoffs are coming through, aren't they? The, those those losses to the Cowboys in the playoffs, I'm feeling the heat from those. Yeah, it's, uh, it, we don't really talk about those. That, that, <laughs> that's, that was cold okay. and unnecessary. Okay. I'm uh, just saying, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of cold and unnecessary, Ole Miss, on the eve of fall camp as summer breaks, Hugh Freeze out, resignation, yeah. after after a couple weeks of letting the Houston Nut lawsuit, negative publicity simmer, and leaving uh, Hugh Freeze out there to take the bullets, yeah. now Hugh Freeze also gone. I, I don't know wh- where the NCAA shoe drop is on the Laramie Tunsil, Robert Kendici teams. I don't know. But I, I don't mean, know. I mean, this... And this apparently is unrelated to all those things. This is because, you know, the, the, the straw that broke the back was the, you know, the report from the Houston Nut lawsuit. Got his phone records and they got that he, you know, called an escort service. And now that's the that's the thing that decides it after all the other things. I mean, it just it's insane. It's like the stuff out of a, you know, crazy Law and Order episode or something like that. Well, let's also be clear. Hugh Freeze, there's a phone record of him calling an escort service and he immediately is 
I think we can assume his resignation was not willing. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Rick Pitino still comfortably coaching at Louisville. <laughs> Just yeah, totally yeah, fine. Yeah, NCAA yeah. findings that they had brought in strippers and right. they had slept with possible recruits and players and that right. members of the team administration were just throwing cash around. But Rick Pitino is sleeping easy at night as the head coach yeah. at Papa John's University. So Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting comparison, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss, it, it's felt like for years, you know, and, and you go back to that, that class that you mentioned, Tunsil and Kim Dietschy and Laquan Treadwell – and you and I talked back then that, you know, well, it's only a matter of time before the hammer drops. And we kind of said it facetiously, but not really. And, and it's, you know, it's dropping. It's been dropping. They're on probation this year, uh, you know, ineligible. They made themselves ineligible uh, for, you know, postseason or anything like that. Um, now you lose your coach. And, and uh, you know, it's one of those situations where you can see that things are probably going to get worse before they get better. It's going to take a while for that get better to happen. One thing I'm anxious about when you and I make our triumphant uh, trip through the Grove is I'm curious whether, and I don't know if we'll make friends in a way where I can ask this question, whether it was worth it. In an honest moment, you you became nationally relevant for the first time since Eli Manning was on the team. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, I I don't know what an Ole Miss diehard would say, but my guess would be yes. Uh, I mean, Ole Miss has been mostly irrelevant for, you know, the better part of 50 years since Archie Manning. Uh, they had a couple of good years with Eli, and that was about it. And then, in, you know, Hugh Freeze brought in some high-profile recruits, some big names. They uh, they went to two, you know, New Year's Bowl games. They beat Alabama twice. Don't undersell how important that is, beating Alabama for Ole Miss. I mean, that, that resonates in a huge way at Ole Miss. Uh, and so I would say that they believe it is, uh, you know, and now there might be a, some fans who don't, and, and over the next three or four years, they may change their minds if things get real bad. But right now, I bet they say, yeah, definitely it was worth it. I mean, obviously you can get a little revisionist, and if I, I don't think that anything I'm hearing based on how Louisville was treated and how right. other angry coaches who've sued schools like Baylor, how that's gone. I don't think we're talking about a death penalty, but they've suspended no. themselves from one bowl game. I assume that they'll get at least the USC treatment uh, if this is as bad yeah. as everything appears to be. Because um, this was this was one of those times where you don't pull the thread on that sweater um, because right. it's all right. it, it could all unravel. And I'm sure after the fact, if all of that gets handed down, you will have people say, well, we never should have hired him and it wasn't worth it. But sure. those are probably the people who've got their, you know, T-shirts from beating Alabama, their New Year's <laughs> Day Bowl T-shirts, and they're yeah, still wearing them every week. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, uh, you know it, it did make impact. They were, you know, they were in the top five in the country, what, in, in 2014, I believe it was? Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when after they beat Alabama and, and, you know, they ended up going, I think, to the Cotton Bowl that year and then the Sugar Bowl the next year. And, uh, you know, that's rare air for Ole Miss. I mean, you know, you look at the history, and, and I think in large part because of the Manning family, Ole Miss kind of has a view of, well, Ole Miss. Well, really, Ole Miss has not been very good since about 1970. Uh, and, and so, you know, they, they had a two-year run 
and had a year where they had three guys drafted the first round. I mean, that's that's unheard of territory for Ole Miss football. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you you made that deal with the devil going in. You knew that yeah. the, you're going to look the other way, but somehow you're recruiting these elite guys who wouldn't have ever looked at Ole Miss, and now they're all coming together. And, you know, we're also going to get the top, uh, whatever, whatever you thought of Chad Kelly, the top JUCO quarterback yeah. is going to come. Yeah. And we're just going to assume that all these guys out of nowhere decided that they love Oxford, Mississippi, and that's where right, they want to be. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you ask yourself this. You and I have talked about this a lot. Would you take it if that if we had that kind of stretch at ASU? If we had, uh, you know, a three-year run, uh, really good football, we didn't, you know, okay, we didn't win on for title. That, you know, you, you could look at it if you want to hate Ole Miss, if you're a Mississippi State fan, and say, well, big deal. You know, you didn't even win the SEC West. Who cares? Well, you had, you know, you had two great seasons uh, for your school, relatively speaking. You had three first-round picks. Uh, you know, would you take that if we could have that kind of stretch day issue? I think I would. Yeah. Well, and also, Mississippi State fans will be mad, but Ole Miss also succeeded at blunting Mississippi State. I mean, Mississippi State had Dak Prescott and right. was really good. They had their renaissance at the exact same time under Dan Mullen. Yeah, they were number one in the country. I mean, yeah, the – you know, the very first college football playoff ranking that came out in 2014, Mississippi State was number one overall. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that some of that is just a little bit of jealousy that their thunder was not stolen. But oh, we, sure, we sure. I mean, a little. No doubt. You know how it is. I mean, you know, it would be the same way uh, between Arizona and Arizona State. You know, if, if Arizona State had a run like that and, you know, Okay, we went to a couple of big bowls, but we never got to a Pac-12 title game in that run. You know, Arizona fans would say, "Well, big deal." You know, yeah, great. You know, I mean, you know, that's how it is. I mean, we do the same if the opposite. Um, so, you know, that's that's how those rivalries are. They hate each other. They, you know, they look down on each other. Um, but you know, the run of success was pretty good. I'm I'm hopeful that they're still competitive this year because we are going to see them uh you know i hope the bottom doesn't fall out just yet um some of that will you know we'll see now do we see some exodus of players and starting with the quarterback i mean if if you're shea patterson you probably gotta have an honest moment with yourself here that is it is it time to make a move shea patterson in his head is making that noise that that loud moaning sound that Archie made. Yeah, that's, yeah, he might that's Shane be. Patterson yeah, when yeah. he got the when he got the tweet from <laughs> Ole Miss Athletics <laughs> saying that Hugh Freeze was retiring or resigning effective immediately. In his mind, he went, "Oh!" He Archie might, was just yeah, adding I mean, that sound effect so that you could appreciate it, it. It's very possible he is. Yeah, I mean, I I'm really torn because the part of me that wants to see him play. Wants him to stay at Ole Miss and wants to, you know, him to be playing against LSU and and the part of me that that wants to see him, you know, have a good career and maybe set himself up for an NFL career says, you know, get out now. And you 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 know, you still got a red shirt year to use. Um, you the know, season hasn't year. started yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, as long as he gets out before the school year begins, he he can transfer to another school. He could go to a junior college like Jared Stidham did. That's become a more popular route lately. Go to a JUCO. You can you can play uh, if you want to. If not, you know you just you know you keep get some credits and then you go and you pick your school next year based on 
you know, the right fit. And it's probably a smart move because you want to see where the right fit is. You know, if, if uh, Sam Darnold goes pro, maybe USC's a fit. If he doesn't go pro, maybe you don't want to go to, you know, so you, you yeah. wait. You then see, UCLA's I mean, did a fit with Rosen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, it's, there's a lot of, of options. And who knows? I mean, there, there's, you know, there's probably a school out there right now that's got a, you know, this year's version of, of Mitch Trubisky who were, you know, who's going to have a quarterback that we now we don't even know who they are and they're going to catch the world, you know, by the, by the here and just, you know, Oh, they're, they're, you know, they're going to be top five in the draft. All of a sudden you got an open job there. So um, who knows? You know, I mean, uh, if I was him, I might look at other options and, and, you know, loyalty's nice, but ask Christian Hackenberg how beneficial being loyal to Penn state was. And that wasn't that beneficial. Uh, if he had gotten out after a year, transferred somewhere, maybe his career unfolds a whole lot differently. And he's not even beloved at Penn State. That's the crappy thing. No, he's have. not. No, he's really not. I mean, it's a it's a tough deal because he looked like a future, you know, number one overall pick after his freshman year. If you'd have bought stock in him, uh, you would have felt pretty good. And you know, he did go second round. I mean, you look at that, and and the bottom didn't completely fall out, but certainly his college career was nothing special. Um, he went second round to a team that really doesn't look to be a good spot. Now that's a different, you know, different problem. But um, you know, you just wonder if he had gotten out and gone somewhere else. I don't know where else would his career have been different. Would he have been the number one pick or or a top five pick, and you know, be starting somewhere now in the NFL? Maybe I don't know. You know, there's there's no way to know for sure. But uh, that loyalty didn't pay off. I mean, I I felt the same way last year about Jared Stidham. I thought. Get out, you know. I mean, it's it's great to try to be loyal, but get out. And I think he made the right decision to get out of there, and and it's going to pay off for him at Auburn, I believe. Yeah, where he gets to run uh, Chip Lindsey's offense, and he does, he does. <laughs> but, you know, and and uh, you know, I I got high high hopes for him, and I'm not alone. A lot of people jumping on the bandwagon for him this year, and I'm one of them. I think he's going to have a great year, and and you know solve the Auburn quarterback problem that they've had since Nick Marshall. Uh, so we'll see. You know, I, like I said, uh, part of me hopes Shea Patterson comes out and says, I'm staying at Ole Miss. I'm an Ole Miss guy. I'm here to see it through. And, you know, selfishly in October, I hope he's there. And then the other part of me, if I was advising him, I'd say get out now while you can. I feel like if he announces he's transferring, then we'll know that we should have waited on buying tickets because <laughs> – because <laughs> I think prices it's will possible. drop if he leaves. It's possible. I, it crossed my mind when I saw that news. But but you know what? You don't know. And uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe you know, there'll be a feel-good story this year. Who knows? Maybe they'll be, you know, 5-1, and one and, and that'll be a big game. LSU will come in, and, you know, it's going to be a big game anyway because of LSU and Orgeron going back to Ole Miss. There'll be some, some animosity there, I'm sure. Um and LSU is a hated rival of Ole Miss, too. You know, this deep-seated hatred there. So it'll be good. But, yeah, it's, it's very possible the bottom's going to fall out of Ole Miss before we get there. Yeah. Well, we'll be there in October, but we'll be back here next week. Uh, if nothing happens, we'll talk about Animal House, but who knows? I mean, this is, the, right. this is the second week in a row where when I was trying to come up with what to title this, my initial thing had yeah. Animal House in it, and then I had to change it before we posted it. So, yep. Uh, yep. you know, next week I'm not even going to write in Animal House into the title, and we'll just see what happens. 
Uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.